Hey, I'm Barty Arez, and I'm the Stop Drinking Coach. Welcome to my podcast where I teach you how to stop drinking, how to quit craving, and how to begin the journey back to yourself so that you can transform your life. After a 14-year binge drinking career, starting and stopping dozens of times and trying everything in the book from AA to therapy, I finally discovered the key to sustainable sobriety. And on this podcast, you're gonna learn practical tips, tools, and strategies to help you quit drinking alcohol the easy way so you can finally step into the next chapter of your life and begin fulfilling your potential. For private one-on-one or group coaching, visit www.thestopdrinkingcoach.com and book a call with me. Hey, welcome back to another episode. My name is Barty Arez. I'm the Stop Drinking Coach, and I'm very excited to be jumping into another podcast today. I apologize to all of you guys, all of my listeners. The last couple weeks have just been super, super crazy. I've had so many different things going on that I haven't been able to sit down and record one. This weekend, I'm actually moving. And so, um, yeah, just just this whole month for me has been super, super crazy, handling so many little details, admin stuff, um, getting ready to move, all that, but um, yeah, I'm I'm super excited to be to be diving into another episode. And um, one of my clients actually gave me the topic, and um, the topic of today's episode is is the mountain is you. Okay, the thing with this journey, the thing with this journey that's so interesting, and you hear me say this all the time between my TikToks and my podcast, it's like, dude, quitting drinking, living an alcohol-free life, it has nothing to do with alcohol. But when we're stuck in this cycle, when all we're doing is drinking and we keep going back and forth and we get a day sober, two days sober, a week sober, and we keep going back, we think the problem is alcohol. We're blaming the alcohol because it's the alcohol which seems to be causing all of our issues. And don't get me wrong, to some degree, it is the alcohol, right? It is Alcohol is what disrupts our, our neurochemistry and takes us through this emotional roller coaster. It is, it is the issue. But the journey and process of quitting drinking and staying alcohol-free has nothing to do with the alcohol. Once you escape the dopamine feeding cycle, which usually, you know, it's that first couple weeks, which is the toughest, it becomes significantly easier, right? Like you can ask all of my clients, and I'm sure many of you that have gone many weeks or months, or even some of you have gone years alcohol-free, when you slip back, right? It's not that dopamine feeding cycle, which is which is just that insane neurochemical anxiety-driven compulsion to drink. It's, you know, at that point, it's it's more of a conscious decision down the road, right? So the game that we're playing here, this whole journey of, quitting drinking and staying alcohol free, it is really an internal game. It is an internal game. It has nothing to do with the alcohol, has nothing to do with your neighbor or anybody else. It's the journey of waking up. It's the journey of evolving and learning how to better regulate yourself mentally, emotionally, energetically, in the way that you manage your mind, in the way that you manage your emotional state in the way that you manage boredom, in the way that you manage stress, in the way that you manage discomfort, right? Let's look at it very simply, right? We develop a problematic relationship with alcohol when alcohol becomes more than just a take it or leave it thing, right? So now we become tethered to it. We look to alcohol to satisfy or to change the way that we feel inside. Maybe we're stressed out from work, 
Maybe we're overwhelmed by our kids. Maybe we feel really bored. Maybe we feel lonely. Maybe our life isn't what we thought it would be. Maybe life didn't work out or pan out by the time we're 40 or 50 or 60 in the way that we imagined it. Or maybe we have a lot of dysregulation inside us, dysregulated emotional or mental patterns because we've experienced a lot of trauma in our childhood. Maybe, you know, as a result of having a lot of different adverse childhood experiences in the way that we grew up with our mom or our dad or in the family life that we were part of, you know, we were really restricted in our self-expression. Maybe our emotions were denied. Maybe our parents didn't provide a safe, loving, nurturing environment. So we internalize these belief systems of I'm not good enough or I'm not worthy or I'm not capable or I could never do this, or I could never do that. And so that creates turmoil, right? That affects our confidence, that affects our self-esteem. And so as a result, we grow into being an adult, and it's like we feel limited, right? It's like the way I like to, I, I almost visualize it is, you know, we're this conscious witness, we're this conscious agent, but we're kind of behind bars, right? Like, in, in, in the way I explain it to my clients is I teach them mindfulness and meditation and how to interpret themselves and how to manage themselves to develop more agency, I'll explain it to you. There's three layers of reality. Most people think of themselves as a singular unit. You say, okay, I'm a human and this is who I am. This is my body. The thoughts that I have inside of my head are my own, meaning I am the voice inside my head. And, you know, if I feel anxiety, then I'm anxious. If I feel um, a state of stress, then I'm stressed out, right? Like, so we're fully identified with the voice in our head and are, we're fully identified with the sensations, the fluctuating energy inside of our body. But really, what we actually are is consciousness. We are the witness to this vehicle, to this experience right? Who you actually are or what you actually are is the person sitting in the movie theater watching the movie screen. And what's on the movie screen are your thoughts. And what's on the movie screen is the fluctuating energy that moves through the vehicle, that moves through the body. And so through mindfulness and through meditation and, and, and through expanding your consciousness, expanding your awareness, you begin to be able to step back and you develop the capacity to begin to observe the stories and narratives of your mind independently, like you're watching a movie. And you begin to observe, you begin to gain the ability to observe the fluctuating uh, energy in your body, the fluctuating sensations, what people call emotions, right? And then you have feelings, which is how you interpret those fluctuations of energy, your personal subjective experience of how that energy is moving through your body, right? And so the game that we're playing here, the actual real internal game of quitting drinking is the process of becoming hyper aware and hyper um, uh, connected to uh, maybe connected isn't the best word, but hyper aware, hyper present to the pre-programmed mental patterns and the pre-programmed emotional patterns that have been driving our life, right? Like if we drink alcohol, 
ultimately it has a positive intention, right? And this is something that you learn, you know, in therapy and in, in deep levels of coaching is that every action, even if that action is highly like dysfunctional, has a positive intention because the underlying biological system that we inhabit, right, is optimizing sur for survival. So even if the program or pattern is broken, it was at one point useful. And this is really important to recognize. When I do deep healing work with my clients, or if you've done some deep healing work in therapy, they talk about parts, right? And so if there's a part of you that drinks, it's because that part of you thinks that by drinking, you're, you're accomplishing some sort of positive intention. And maybe it is. Maybe it is. Maybe it, it is helping you de-stress. Maybe it is in a moment helping you um, relieve a sense of frustration. Maybe for a moment it connects you to the present moment and makes you forget about, you know, the compulsive thinking or whatever, right? It slows it down. But understand that that strategy, it, it's not useful anymore. Maybe it worked when you were 16 or 17 or 20 or 25, but when you abuse that strategy over 10, 20, 30 year period, the strategy stops working. And in fact, the strategy then it, it becomes suicidal at that point. So a part of this healing process, a part of this evolution in our consciousness is to recognize the human operating system and how it's performing and how it's functioning. So to acknowledge that part of yourself, acknowledge the part of yourself that is trying to relieve stress through drinking. And put your hand on your heart and close your eyes and connect to that part of yourself and appreciate it, recognize it. That, hey, I know you're just trying to relieve my stress. I know you're just trying to relieve my social anxiety. I know you're just trying to stop the compulsive thinking. I know you're just trying to keep me away from a deep sense of internal pain. But that strategy of drinking alcohol is actually no longer useful. And there's other strategies that we can begin to implement in our life to begin to heal, to begin to optimize, to begin to relieve our stress, to, to relieve our frustration, right? It's about understanding that alcohol is not a useful strategy. It doesn't work anymore. So the mountain that you're climbing is you. It's completely an internal game. It's an internal uh, evolution that you experience, right? Alcohol may have served its purpose in your life, you know, you discovered it when you were in high school, you drank through college, you did your partying, you had your fun, you did the things, you went to the vague, you went to Vegas, you you did the boats, you did the, you know, the, the craziness, you know, maybe there are some drugs involved, like you did it, you experienced it. But you have to like get to a place internally, like we kind of have to wake up and we have to grow up. Like, how old are we? I'm not sure. How old are you listening to this? Like, how much longer are we going to keep the party going? Like, what are we so afraid of? Like, I'm telling you, man, I'm, I'm two and a half years sober. Like, I don't care about partying. <laughs> like, your value system changes. You adapt. You know, you adapt. That's what humans do. We adapt. And those that don't figure out how to adapt, they die. That's what nature does, you know? Stress comes onto the system, stress comes onto the genetics, and the genetics either figure out a way to adapt or they die and they weed their, themselves out of the, 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 the gene pool, you know? And like, 
you know, it's, it's, it's just kind of crazy to think about, you know, you don't need the alcohol. You never needed it. Because the thing is, is that even before you thought you needed it, or you started to use it as a strategy to cope, when you were 10, or eight, or whatever age you were before you started drinking, you just got up, you did your thing, you went to school, you played your sports, you came home, you did your homework, you played outside, and you weren't thinking about alcohol. You didn't feel like you were missing out. You didn't feel like you were FOMOing. There's no fear of missing out. There's no, oh, playing outside with my friends would be better if I was drinking. Like it, it wasn't a thing for you. And I believe that we can all get back to that state. You know, you can just get to a place where life is good and you're not living in the shadow of missing anything. But in order to get there, you have to develop the courage and willingness to confront the pain that is inside you, the discomfort. This is how you grow and evolve, my friend. The way that you grow, the way that you evolve, the way that you become a higher, more expansive, powerful, elite version of yourself is by developing the internal courage to walk through the fire. That is how you do it, right? Like there is no other way. And you have to accept that. You have to accept that. That is your personal evolution. That is your spiritual evolution. You cannot bypass doing the work. And that's why this is an even playing field, I like to say. Sure, we all come at this from a different place with a different background and a different, you know, mental and emotional system, like whatever. But regardless, we all have to feel the cravings. We all have to feel the discomfort. We all have to feel the shitty sleep for the first week or two. Dude, it's just it's just part of the deal. Like alcohol's a drug. Imagine if you had been abusing heroin or cocaine or Xanax or Oxycontin or, or something else for as long as you've been abusing alcohol. Imagine. Replace alcohol with cocaine. Do you think that if you've been using cocaine multiple days per week for the last decade or two decades or three decades, that, you know, in 30 days or 60 days, life was just everything else is just going to change? Like it, it takes a little bit of time for your mind, body, emotional system, your neurochemistry to reharmonize. And you have to be okay with that. It's okay. It gets better, right? Remind yourself that from the moment you were born till this very moment, if you ever scraped your knee or cut your finger or fell down or tripped or sprained your ankle, the body with no effort on, on, your, on your end, no conscious intention, sent white blood cells to the area to begin healing. Every time you cut yourself or you scraped your knee, your knee healed itself. Like there, this, the underlying intelligence that is beating your heart, digesting your food and working 24 seven, having trillions of cells inside of you, you've got a hundred thousand miles of blood vessels just in your brain or, you know, of, 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 of arteries, a hundred thousand miles of blood vessels and arteries. If you laid them end to end in your body. We've got trillions of cells working in perfect unison to keep you alive, to keep you healthy, to be beating your heart for 70, 80, 90, 100 years, 110 years. I don't know. Like, do you think that system is probably has some level of intelligence? It's like, yeah, you can barely put IKEA furniture together. You, you get frustrated putting IKEA furniture together. But there is a system at play that is trying to keep you alive. All it's trying to do is 
is protect you, right? And this alcohol thing, it's a protection mechanism, right? You're using alcohol as a way to protect yourself against internal pain, whether that's boredom, whether that's loneliness, whether that's stress, whether that's frustration. But you have to understand that your personal evolution, you growing into the next version of yourself doesn't come from continually running from that pain. It comes from you facing it, you turning towards it, right? Just like somebody who goes to the gym, right? The only way for you to develop a six pack to, to have a beaut like the physique that you want to have big biceps, like maybe if you're a woman, whatever it is, put, put it in, in your perspective, tone body, whatever. It comes from applying stress to the organism. You have to go through the discomfort of grinding through bicep curls and reps and progressively overloading it every time you hit a new level to allow more and more stress to go onto the cells, to cause hypertrophy, to grow more muscle cells, to make them thicker and stronger, to grow more muscle fibers. Then you have to drink protein to feed the fuel to have it grow. And our mental, emotional, spiritual, and energetic operating system is the same. So the next level of who you're capable of being comes through you turning towards the discomfort. And the beautiful thing that we begin to discover through this human experience is that this system is more intelligent than you can begin to imagine. The very things that you're afraid of, that you're anxious about, that you want to move uh, away from is the very thing. It is the signal that tells you, John, Joseph, whatever your name is, Sally, Susie, listening to this, Amanda, like if you turn towards that, that is where your adaptation and evolution and biological upgrade occurs. You already know what you need to work on. You already know what you need to turn towards. You already know what you need to begin healing, right? It, you already know. You just have to develop the courage inside you. Courage is, is just... It's just a sense of bravery to take the first step, even though you don't know where you're going, right? It's the, it's the willingness to dive into the deep end of the pool, not knowing how deep it is, but trusting, trusting that there's going to be support there, that there's going to be other people in the deep end who have taken that, that dive, you know, and and understanding and trusting that like, hey, dude, at a macro level, the universe isn't here to fuck you. At a macro level, the world isn't here to destroy you. At a macro level, this universe, underlying source energy, the thing that created you, that electrical thing that just keeps your heart beating with no conscious effort, the thing that just keeps you breathing with no conscious effort, this system, the plan that it has for you is more beautiful more incredible than you can begin to imagine, than you can begin to imagine. But you have to develop the courage to take the first step. And quitting drinking is your hero's journey. It is your hero's journey. If there's a book written about you and it's 10 chapters, this is going to be the major chapter. This is going to be the main turning point in your life. I promise you. You talk to anybody who's 12 months sober, five years sober, none of them are complaining about it. Every single person who got sober says it was the best decision of their life. I'm telling you, there isn't a single person. You go to those videos on my TikTok page where you know I said I fucking respect people who quit drinking. It wasn't to alienate people who are drinking. 
Okay. It was to recognize all the people who got sober. I knew, I knew it was going to go viral. It has a few million views and like, I don't know, 20,000 comments, something crazy. It really struck a chord with people. You go through those comments and you will see all the people who got sober, who finally got called out and recognized every single one of them. 12 months sober, 18 months sober, 580 days, seven years sober, best decision, best decision, best decision. And those people were just like you in the exact position that you're in now, right? Those people aren't different, okay? If somebody got sober, if somebody chose to live alcohol-free, it's because they were at the juncture that you're potentially at and they're like, this shit ain't working, but I'm fucking scared. I can't imagine a life without it. But you just have to develop the courage to take that first step and work a good program. That's the key here, guys. Like if you've tried to quit drinking on your own and have been unsuccessful and you think that this program or, or you think that this process and journey is purely about abstaining from alcohol and making no other changes to your, to your, to your life, then you're mistaken. And I can understand why you feel the way that you feel. But there's so much to it. And this is why working with a good, good program, good coach like myself is so, so key, right? You don't have to work with me. If you resonate with somebody else, work with, work with them. But like, it starts with you having that, that courage to take that first step, right? Like you're not alone. You're not alone. The fear, the craving, what's my life going to be like? How am I going to handle vacations or social situations or, you know, whatever it is? What we go to the, you know, I've got so many clients, many of them, you know, entrepreneurs or business owners, executives, you know, we go to the lake house every summer. We go, you know, my buddy's got the place that we go, you know, we go snowboarding or, you know, whatever. How, how's, how am I going to do it? You just do it one day at a time. Bring yourself back to the present moment. Remind yourself that, hey, dude, I might not make it till, till that time. I'm, and I'm talking about me. I don't know how long I'm going to live. I'm hoping I have a long, healthy life. But for me to future trip and worry about what's going to happen six months from now with alcohol, it's irrelevant. All I have is this moment. All I have is today. And the only commitment that you ever have to make on this journey is that you're just not going to drink today. That's it. That's the trillion, billion, quadrillion, Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, Warren Buffett secret. It's how everybody does it eventually you take it one day at a time enough while working a good program that's proactive that's going to help you heal and harmonize mentally emotionally and spiritually and empower you to develop the awareness and consciousness to really develop agency over your life and one day it just clicks man you just wake up and your identity as a non-drinker really becomes established and it doesn't really take effort anymore doesn't mean you don't stay vigilant because if you have one drink it's going to go back to the same thing. No amount of time in sobriety fixes a drinking problem. And that's why they call it a disease because there's no way to heal it. But your ability to completely alter the trajectory of your life and transform your life with enough time in sobriety, 6, 12, 18 months compounded, dude, just imagine whatever you are, whoever you are, whatever you've built for yourself in your life, whatever level of a success you've been capable of achieving, if you remove alcohol long enough while taking a proactive approach to your life, which is the system that I create and set up for, for all my clients, dude, you cannot begin to imagine what is available to you on the other side. Two and a half years ago, when I ripped my shoulder out of its socket, I was drinking four to six bottles of wine a day, basically committing a suicide. Like, I had no idea I would be here transmitting my voice through this podcast. I've always wanted to have a podcast since I was like 18, 19 years old. 
I was always scared. I didn't think I was good enough. I didn't, what was I going to talk about? Like now I'm here and it came as a result of making one decision, the scary decision, the hard decision to quit drinking. Dude, alcohol was God for me. It was the best solution I had found to everything, to my boredom, to my stress, to my frustration, to my weekends, to my free time. Like, dude, I get it. I get it. And I'm on, now I'm on the other side, just sharing the story, sharing the message. You know, you don't need it. I know it doesn't feel that way in the beginning, but you have to trust. It, it takes time. You're the mountain that you're climbing. This is your personal, internal, spiritual, mental, emotional progression. This is you going from being an eight-year-old to a 30-year-old, from being a 30-year-old to a wise 50-year-old. There, there is a mental, emotional, and spiritual progression. There is a level of awareness and understanding that you tap into that you don't know that is available to you. You have to just, just pause and question yourself. How is it that every single person who gets sober that was in the exact same shoes as you says it was the best decision of their life? Are all of them lying? Like, we all think that we have such a unique situation, but it's really hard for me, Bardia. You don't get it. I really get stressed out. I really get frustrated. My life is really hard, but my partner, my kids, my work, you like, you don't get it. Listen, you're not unique. We all, dude, being a human is tough. We all have to figure this shit out. We all do. The challenges never stop. When you get sober, the challenges never stop. It's just being a human, addict or not, problematic drinker or not. Everybody has problems. Everybody has stress. Everybody has, but, but quitting drinking, it forces you, you it, it, it teaches you how to evolve so that you develop more agency over your mental, emotional, and behavioral patterns, which is going to open up life for you. Just imagine yourself 12 months down the line. You're 12 months sober. You've healed from many things in your, in your past. You've learned to reprocess, reinterpret, and re reintegrate them. Your baseline level of energy is more calm and safe. So your, your nervous system doesn't activate every five seconds and think everything's a catastrophe. You have more agency over how you manage your mind, how you manage your emotions. You're more productive. You're more consistent. Your business, your health, your work, your relationships. Like, imagine who you could be. You know, you have to think about the future. Like my last episode, play the tape forward. We got to play the tape forward. And, and play the tape forward and let it, one, scare you. And then play the tape forward and let it excite you. Those are the two things. Those are the two things that I've summed up that are key to this journey. You have to get super clear on the pain, not only the pain that alcohol has caused you and is causing you now in every capacity, relationships, family, health, money, career, future potential. 
But compound that into the future. Play the tape forward. If you do not stop and this thing keeps getting progressively worse because it's going to, it doesn't get progressively better. It only gets progressively worse because you're an organic, finite meat suit. And every time you drink this poison, it's doing more damage to your organs. It's killing your cells, atrophying and shrinking your brain and disrupting the sensitive neurochemical balance in your brain, causing you to become more dependent. So it makes it harder down the line to quit. Right. So allow that to scare the shit out of you because fear and pain is a more powerful motivator than the pursuit of pleasure. We are more motivated intrinsically, biologically to avoid pain than to pursue pleasure. That's why we're here in 2023 and our species did not get extinct. So allow that to scare you. Be scared. I'm fucking terrified of what would happen if I went back to drinking. When I have the idea of thinking about alcohol and I start maybe romanticizing it, I'm like, oh, yeah, this and that. I immediately just take myself back to the four to six months leading up to me quitting. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's what alcohol actually is. It's not the 30-minute dopamine rush. It's not the relaxation. It's not whatever fucking story and narrative I want to create in my mind. What alcohol is for me is four to six bottles of wine a day and mangling and dislocating my left shoulder and really hurting myself. Really? I mean, fuck. I pray to God, I don't know, I might have to get shoulder surgery at some point. Like, I don't fucking know. But it's still an issue. My left shoulder isn't isn't what it could be. It's not healthy. Yeah, I rehab it. I, I work on it. But it's like, it's not 100%. And it's like, you just don't know, dude. Playing playing the alcohol game is is Russian roulette, especially when it's gotten to the point where it's become problematic in your life. You don't know what's going to happen. Sure, one out of 10 times, two out of 10 times you drink and it's somewhat manageable. But you have to look at the trend, man. Look at the trend. If you're placing bets, if you're putting money on yourself and the way that you play this alcohol game, it's not going to turn out well. So you have to develop the courage to just take the first step. And you just take it one step, one day at a time. I'm not asking you or encouraging you to, to, to make this decision that you're never drinking again. I still haven't made that decision. And almost everybody who really develops a problematic relationship with alcohol who goes alcohol-free doesn't make that decision because it is irrelevant. It's counterintuitive and irrational because you think that when you make decisions, decisions are forever. But it's like, dude, you just, all you have to do, lighten the load. Just tell yourself, I'm just not gonna drink today. And then when you wake up tomorrow, you you just make that decision. But your only focus today is to move through the 15 minutes to an hour of discomfort of craving, to breathe through it, do some Wim Hof breath work, and get to the other side. And watch, you'll see the craving passes. I know it feels like it in the moment that that craving, you know, your brain literally goes into survival mode, life or death. You get tunnel vision. You think that nothing matters except getting that drink and literally everything goes out the window. I know. I used to speed home on Fridays because I couldn't wait to get that first drink. I know the feeling, but trust me, that feeling is impermanent. It's impermanent. It lasts 45 minutes, an hour max. Go work out, go for a run, breathe, distract yourself and watch what happens in an hour. It'll pass. You're going to go back to a relative state of homeostasis and neutrality. And you're going to be like, holy fuck, I did it. When you work a good program, when you stay proactive on optimizing mind, body, spirit, and neurochemistry, which my program helps you do, dude, you don't know what's available to you on the other side. My mentor in this last video was like, I wish everybody could get sober long enough to just see, to just see. It is an awakening process. 
So you are the mountain that you are climbing, my friend. This is an internal game. It is an internal you evolving to the next chapter, you evolving into a higher, more advanced version of yourself that has more agency and control over its internal environment, over its internal state of consciousness, over its body, over its behaviors. That's what this game is, right? Let's remember, alcoholism, using alcohol, it was a coping strategy. That's it. So there's other ways to cope. There's new ways. There's so many different ways to relieve stress. There's so many different ways to manage boredom. There's so many different ways to manage frustration. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's, it's all available to you. So all you need to do is take that first step. You need to develop the courage to, to start this process. And listen, if, if, if I can do it, you can do it. Millions of people have done it. When you take this step, you are going to be met with so much support, so much understanding from so many people. Don't think that you're going to be the weird one. Don't think that, you know, you're going to be left out. Like, you're not the weird one, right? Quitting drinking, choosing to live an alcohol-free life is such, an, is such a maturity process, man. It is such an awakening process. You know, you've read every personal develop, you know, you've read personal development books, you've listened to these motivational seminars and podcasts. It's it's super simple. They all say the same thing. They say, look at the crowd, look at what everybody's doing and do the opposite. You, you want to have a good life, you want to be able to 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 have the type of life that you want. Look at what the crowd is doing and do the opposite. I'm I'm sincerely convinced, man. We are not the weird ones. We are the ones who awaken mentally, emotionally and spiritually to our programs, to our patterns. And the ones who, who, you know, become independent, become independent agents who have a sense of agency over their life. So I'm going to go ahead and cut it there. I hope this episode was inspiring, enlightening, and motivating for you. I, I hope it helped you think about this in a slightly different way, in a more positive way, and in a more encouraging way. And I hope it gave you the mental and emotional resources um, to take that next step. Reach out to me if you need support. I offer private coaching. Um, I'm going to be launching group coaching here pretty soon. Um, but the program I'm building, man, it is, in my opinion, the most comprehensive, powerful system out there. Um, and that is my goal. That is my vision. And I'm just getting started. You know, I'm, I'm just getting started. Once you, once you work with me, you're going to have access to my community, my resources. Um, and I'm continually going to be pumping new stuff into there. So visit my website, www.thestopdrinkingcoach.com. Um, fill out an application. Make sure you scroll down to the bottom of the, of the website and just see what other people have said about working with me and their, uh, and their experience in my program. So I hope you have a great rest of your day. Keep fighting the good fight. Take it one day at a time. And I will see you in the next episode. Hey, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, leave a five-star review, and share it with your friends or someone you know who might be struggling with alcohol. And if you feel like you're ready to finally transform your relationship with alcohol, visit www.thestopdrinkingcoach.com and book a call with me. I offer private one-on-one -on -one and group coaching to make letting go of alcohol easier and more sustainable than you ever thought possible. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode.